Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Welcome to Four Down Territory. As Stick and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Slareth and Evans kicking it off with First Down. Matt Smith in for Mike Evans this morning alongside Mark Slareth. Mike will be back tomorrow. Draymond Jones, it is been reported, will have a very, very fervent free agent market where he is expected to land a deal in the $17 to $20 million a year range. Mm-hmm. The Broncos are allegedly still involved. Should they be? Yes. Yeah. Draymond Jones is a damn good player, and he's an ascending player. So he's a young player that's ascending, that you drafted, you developed. Like, I think it's important to keep those type of guys. I think it's important to reward those guys. I think it's important to send that message within your organization that if you do things the right way and you produce as a player and you grow up in an organization, we're going to reward you for that. So on top of that, man, that dude is a... A, not a good player, but a really, really good player. Like, I think he's got star potential written all over him. Um, and you you watch him. Like, you watch the variety of things he does. He can play over the offensive tackle in, a, like, more of a traditional 3-4 type of two-gap situation. He can slide down over the guard, be a pass rusher in that. He had a game last year, I forget which game it was, where they had a bunch of injuries on the outside edge, and he played edge defender where he was a stand-up guy and was phenomenal in the game. I mean, phenomenal as an outside stand-up linebacker. Like, how many how many dudes can actually do that at six foot, whatever he is, six foot five, right. 280 pounds, 85 pounds, whatever he is. Like, 280 thoroughbred. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, they just don't, they don't, they, they don't make those dudes. Like no. they, those dudes don't exist all over the place. So why would you let one of your better players on your football team just walk? Twenty million. You good with that over four years, five years? Listen, it's a. I, I understand that it's a lot of money, and you know, can you get it for where? It, I don't care what the. I don't care how much he's making as long as it's a manageable cap figure. So spread it out. Do whatever you have to do. But yeah, I'm. I'm okay with you paying really good players. Second down. Michael Malone yesterday talking about the balance the Nuggets are going to have to have as they try and work their way out of what is now a three-game losing streak. That happens. We've been on cruise control for a really long time, just kind of making it look easy. And I think we, you know, we probably spoiled a lot of people. Hey, we're just gonna, we're gonna win our last fifteen games. We're great. It doesn't work like that. Is it ideal? Hell no. We don't want to lose three in a row. And now we're going on a very demanding and difficult five-game road trip. But I think the most important thing for me as a head coach is the delicate balance of coaching, holding guys accountable, teaching, but also not panicking. Hmm. Not panicking. Yeah. He said, and, the, he said the P word. Yeah. Mm. I think the I think the biggest word that he said there is, or the biggest phrase he said there is holding guys accountable. Yeah. Yeah. And he did yesterday to Michael Porter Jr. Sat his ass on the bench. Right. The entire fourth quarter. How'd that work out, coach? It, well, it didn't work. It didn't. It like, I don't know. I, I, I will tell you, it didn't work out as far as a win-loss in that particular game. Mm. But 
will it work out down the road? I don't know. That's yet to be seen. But I, I keep leaning on the fact, and am I getting nervous? Yeah, I'm getting nervous. Yeah. Um, but I keep leaning on the fact that Michael Malone knows his team better than we do. And Michael Malone, one thing I know is that team, and especially Jokic, the leader of that the, the, that basketball club, very much like back in the day with San Antonio and Tim Duncan, Joker has allowed that coach to coach him. He's given the authority. The players give the authority in the in the NBA. Like in the NFL, it's it's you either have that authority given from the organization or not. In the NBA, the players have to give you the authority to coach a team. Well, here's what Michael Porter Jr. had to say about the entire game afterwards. Porter said, quote, He sat me the whole fourth and put me in with 20 seconds left. I think... So, I mean, it's impossible to catch a rhythm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a little bit of a shot and saying, sure. hey, man, a little communication here. Clearly, I'm in the dark on this one. I don't know what I did. Right. And if you look back on it, Porter had 17 in the first half, and it was a team lack of effort when they came out in the third quarter. Everyone was lethargic. They were late on rotations. Aaron Gordon wasn't very good either. <laughs> Neither one of those guys came back until under five minutes to play in the fourth quarter as they were trying to come back. Mm -hmm. It seemed like a very odd time to send a message. Third down. Well, from that tone in Michael Malone to a different tone in Jared Bednar, who I think is starting to figure out what kind of team he has for the first time this season. We had to dig in to win it, but we did. So I think for me, the teaching is going to be obvious. I'll show what we did in the first. It wasn't good enough. And then when we flipped the switch and started to play the way we can, all of a sudden everything kind of turns in our favor. The bottom line is it's way more fun to play that way. You you know what, what always kind of blows me away about, probably more so about the NHL and the NBA is the, the flip-the-switch mentality mm. that teams have. Um, it, it, does, it rarely ever works that way in football. Like, if you're not ready to play, like you're going to get your ass kicked, mm-hmm. and you just don't flip it back on. I mean, that that rarely ever happens. So there's there's probably a lot less of that, and, and, and probably to a degree because there's 22 different starters, and, you know, and but Bedsy... And, and the Avalanche are so talented, and they have they have the experience of last year where, where did they go, 16-4 and four throughout the playoffs? Yeah. To win the Stanley Cup? Is that all? Yeah. yeah. They, they've... Nine and one on the road? Like, they've done it before, so they feel... Uh, they just feel like that team that's kind of lying in wait. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's exactly up. what's happening. Right. Like, it's exactly... We'll be, we'll be good, and we've proven to ourselves, like in a game like the other day, where, where we can flip the switch... Right. And start playing really great hockey and, you know, and not have an issue with it. You know, I was telling Mike this uh, real quick on because you you covered these teams, uh, you know, a lot more in depth than most sure. people have in this market. Like the Avalanche can play any style. One thing I love about them is hey, you want to play, you want to muck it up and, mm. and play rough or you want to play it. You want to slow it down and, and play patient or do you want to speed it up and play breakout we can we can do 200 foot ice we can do it you know we can slow it down we we can do whatever you want baskin robbins right. however you want it we got it right we can match you that way right the nuggets can't no nuggets have to win their way their way and when teams that are super athletic and play them small 
that's a problem for them. It is. It is a big problem for them. And I think for Jared Bednar, what he's starting to realize is, okay, we've made it through the bulk of the grind of this NHL season, Mm -hmm. right? The Nuggets are now back to where they have been in the past, right? right? We're heading into the playoffs now. Unfortunately, the last few years, there were injuries they were dealing with. Now they're healthier than they've ever been, although Mm -hmm. Jamal went out in the third quarter and did not return as he was looking at his left knee and rubbing yeah. it the, you know, yesterday, and that's his surgically repaired one. So that's certainly something that we have to keep our eye on. But for Bednar, I think he's starting to understand, okay, I get who my team is, and there are these flashes that he's starting to see that remind him, mm-hmm. all right, hey, I know we've been farting around here a little bit lately, right? but when the rubber meets the road, I know who's going to show up. Mm-hmm. And we're as good as we want to be. And I think as long as they can get Manson and Eric Johnson and Landeskog, God willing, eventually back, they feel pretty good about their chances heading into the postseason. And for Avs fans, here's what I have to say. Embrace the roller coaster, man. Throw your arms up. We have some fun with this thing. Right. Because that's where we're at in the season. It's about to be playoffs, 20-ish games away. Things will start to ratchet up here pretty soon. We're going to have to punt on fourth down coming up. We spoke a little bit earlier about what our priorities would be for the Denver Broncos as the free agency tampering period opens up today. And we'll dive into a little bit more of what we think their approach should be this season next. You're listening to Schlereth and Evans on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Smith in for Mike Evans this morning alongside Stink. Mike will be back tomorrow. A little earlier, we were discussing how we would approach the offseason if we were Sean Payton, George Payton, Greg Penner, the Broncos collective, right? And what the goals would be as far as evaluating this roster and how you need to upgrade it and improve it. Right, Mark? Mm -hmm. Yes. You came up with a little list of a few things that you would need to evaluate before really deciding your plan of yeah. attack. You came up with how you match up in your division, right. the talent on your team, right? how to best put your quarterback in the best position to succeed, right? and how, conversely and complementary, do we take pressure off of our offense? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I came up with a few questions myself. All right, go ahead. First of all, how good are we? How old are we? How young are we? The Broncos last year were the seventh oldest team in the league. Do you need to get older or younger there? I'd say it's pretty negligible based upon the position that you're in as a franchise. You need to start winning games. Mm -hmm. And you probably need to get a little younger, right? I mean, at some positions, you could look at the back end, maybe like safety, Kareem Jackson, potentially, maybe not everywhere, but maybe in a select few positions, maybe at running back. Mm -hmm. How much space do we have? Right. Cap space. Broncos have 33 million, seventh most in the league as free agency is set to open at 10 a.m. today. So Mm -hmm. sitting pretty, right? Yeah. A lot of holes to address, but a good chunk of change to do it with. Right. Now, this is where it gets interesting. What are the top priorities to accomplish from a roster construction perspective this offseason? Because I believe you need to evaluate your priorities. Then you need to figure out what your positions of need are among your entire team. 
but if the ship is sinking and there's multiple holes, I'm going to plug the biggest hole first. Mm -hmm. So in your eyes, Mark, what are the biggest roster construction priorities the Broncos have to address this offseason? I think one, and we've talked about we've talked about this. Everybody's talked about the offensive line, and I think there's a couple of things that you need to think about. Um, you know, you get the you get the standard names out there that people talk about, like the Caleb McGarrys, right? right? Had yeah. an outstanding season last year for a team that ran it. Offensive lineman Atlanta yeah, Falcons, Atlanta right tackle, right? Yeah. For a team that ran it, probably top three, top two. Rushing attempts in the league, quarterback runs. They play out of almost strictly 22, 23 personnel, meaning two tights, three tights, you know, two backs. Um, you put the film on of him having to play in any spread type of formation and he'll get spun like a top. He's not the most athletic guy, but because of the style of offense that they played, the way they run the ball, like they had unbelievable production running the football, and there are very limited opportunities for him to get beat. But in the games where he had to pass protect, where they fell behind by a dramatic margin and had to, you know, and had to kind of get out of their game plan, um, that's that's why all of a sudden last year was a breakout year, and that's why he's hit the free agent market. Right. Okay, so that's so, offensive line. Yeah, How the, many positions along the offensive line? Is it left guard, center, and right tackle? Are you looking to do I, all three this offseason? Right. I, I think what you would be looking to do is probably to address both the right tackle and a guard position, if you could. Maybe maybe multiple inside players, if you could, um, with younger ascending players, guys that you think are going to be really good players. Okay, I'll give you one. Okay. Nate Davis. Okay. Nate Davis is a guard that plays for the Tennessee Titans. There's a reason the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry are so damn good. Nate Davis is better than anybody we have on our, on our offensive line front. Mm. Like from a standpoint of just coming off the ball, absolutely dispensing justice, shortening necks. Like that dude is a not a good player, but he's a great ascending player. Um, he is a young, just nasty, come off the ball guy. Um, and, and I love watching, I love watching that particular player play. So the fact that, and why, like what they're doing in Tennessee, I'm not a hundred percent sure why all of a sudden are, are they trying to, um, you know, that there was reports of, there were reports of the potential of Derrick Henry being tradable. Mm. Um, you know, all that kind of, I don't know exactly what they're doing there, but that kid is a great young ascending player that I think has, you know, big time football ahead of him. So I, I like that guy. Uh, Aaron Steiny was hurt last year. Um, but he's a guy that, that actually played well the year before when they won the Super Bowl that he got hurt last year. So he's 29 years old. Um, Again, I'm trying to go. I'm trying to go. Hey, who's an ascending player that we don't have to right. set the market with? Right. That's what I'm looking. At. Ben Powers, a guy from Baltimore, mm. might be a dude that would be in that in that realm. Um, you know, a guy a guy like Nick Gates, who I don't think is the greatest player, but he's younger. He played. He started center. He started at guard. Um, Where was he at this it, year? With the Giants. Okay. He's been with the Giants. So there's a guy that gives you some flexibility inside that is a, you know, would be a nice piece to the puzzle. And then as far as, you know, as far as tackles are concerned, I'm looking at a guy like Andre Dillard from Philadelphia, who's a backup player that might have a chance. 
Juwan Taylor is a guy that everybody's talked about. That's a young player, ascending player from Jacksonville. And then uh, even on um, Andrew Wiley, started right tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs last year at the Super Bowl, actually played pretty good football, and he's got some aggressiveness and got a little bit of nastiness to him. Uh, I like him as well. So, All right, like, so that's I'm, a pretty I'm, good list I'm like, there. I'm not trying to set – I'm not going – Oh, we've got to go get, you know, Mike McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey, or we have to go get Orlando Brown because they're considered the best tackles in the, at the position. And we're going to spend 20 million and then you use up all your cap space on one dude. I'd like to see them address multiple guys for that same kind of money. Yeah, in an affordable manner, and right. you're trying to get more out of them in this opportunity, maybe with more playing time in a different role than they had on their existing team. Exactly. I look at it kind of like I look at what the Avalanche did last year in acquiring Alexander Georgiev. He was backing up the Vesna winner last year in New York. Different sports, clearly, but mm-hmm. a very similar situation. Backing up Shesterkin in New York, Joe Sack and Chris McFarland identify him as a younger, upcoming player who's at cost, who you believe in a different situation with more right. opportunity can produce at a higher level, right? Yeah, I, well, uh, one of the things real quick that, that I think about is like, okay, so we go get a Orlando Brown. We signed him a $20 million a year deal, right? Right. And so he's, you know, he's, he's you know, dispensing justice out there. And, and at the same time, you're looking at your quarterback and let's say your quarterback doesn't step forward, doesn't take that step forward. Mm-hmm. Now you're tied to a, the most right. expensive right tackle in football. And now we're going to go back and get a rookie, you know, quarterback. And, I just think it's, I think you've got to spend it. I know everybody just wants to spend it on names, but you need to spend it, I think, wisely on, again, ascending players who have a chance to grow with your franchise and help you get to where the Broncos are supposed to be, which is at the top of the AFC West. I think that's a really good place to leave that conversation. We're going to circle back to it as we fill out the rest of our positions of need as the Broncos will address free agency. The tampering period begins at 10 a.m. today. And it wraps up at 2 p.m. on Wednesday. Coming up next, it's What's Trending. Matt Smith in for Mike Evans alongside Mark Schlereth on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. Matt Smith in for Mike Evans this morning. He'll be back tomorrow. Mark Schlereth alongside. It looks like the New York Jets, Mark, are about to do what George Payton failed to do the last two years. And that's land Aaron Rodgers. Is over the weekend, the Jets cleared $15 million more in cap space. And it sounds like it's not a matter of if... But when this move happens, yeah, it does sound like it's going that direction. I mean, it is the Jets are kind of feel like the only team that are in on mm. Aaron Rodgers right now. Um, and obviously, you know, they got to figure out what what the parameters of that deal look like, how much of that money the Jets are going to accept, how much the Packers are going to have to eat and all those kind of things. But it certainly feels it certainly feels like uh Certainly feels like like Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, which I think is is great. And you know, I was on social media all uh, all weekend, uh, just absolutely crushing Jets fans. <laughs> I mean, excuse me, uh, oh. Green Bay fans. Oh, Packer fan. Packer oh, you fan. were. Oh, you were just letting them down and, gently, oh, huh? Gosh, it was. Uh, 
They're yeah. a whiny bunch. Oh, there are there are people that did five to ten in the state pen that did less <laughs> to get there than I did on on social media this weekend. <laughs> Um, but it was good. Y'all had good, clean fun, as far right. as I'm concerned. Packer fan is one of the most entitled fans. After all those years of Brett Favre, you move seamlessly into Aaron Rodgers. Right. They they have what's coming to them. Yeah. Like, Jordan Love can't work out. They can't just sit a guy in Aaron Rodgers and then have him eventually take the le- the reins and then it work out again. That would be unfair. Right, yeah. You would think, right? I'm but I think, against I think Yeah, I think that's exactly what they think is going to They think that... Jordan Love is progressed enough, uh, or at least they hope. We'll see. Well, the Miami Dolphins just got a new toy for Vic Fangio, and that's Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Corner from the L.A. Rams traded to the Miami Dolphins for a 2023 third-round pick, which is going to be number 77 overall in next month's draft, and tight end Hunter Long, who, I'll be honest, I've never heard of. Yeah, I don't know Hunter Long either, and the, it's crazy to think that you can get a premier corner in Jalen Ramsey for a third-round pick and a guy. Inconceivable. Think I mean, so you think you're going to get you're going to get that kind of value back? And I know the Rams have given up. They they mortgaged their future to win themselves a Super Bowl. They did it, and now they're paying the piper, trying to get some picks back. But what are you going to get with a 77th overall? I mean, to think that you're going to get Jalen Ramsey or the equivalent thereof is, I mean, you're just dumping. Right now, you're just dumping cash. Yeah. And right now, Ramsey is in the third year of a five-year, $100 million deal. He's got two more seasons after this in 24 and 25. But that's a big piece for that Miami defense who needed some help outside, certainly, at the end of the year. And when you're talking about competing in that division, that should go a long way as to helping them make some traction this coming season. Well, there was a bit of history made for a Colorado athlete yesterday, and it sounded a little like this. Skiing into Alpine immortality. Michaela Schifrin, the greatest World Cup skier of all time. 87 World Cup skiing wins for Michaela Schifrin. She breaks Ingemar something or other from Sweden's all-time record. Right. And she's now cemented herself as the GOAT Yeah, from Vail, she's, Colorado. She's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I remember, you know, I'm old enough to remember... Um, I'm, I'm I'm old enough to remember how dominant. What, what was it? I can't even remember her name now. That you Lindsay? Took, no, 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 no. The the one that she just took the record from. Uh, well, this yeah, Ingemar Stenmark. Stenmark, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stenmark. I, I'm old enough to remember her skiing in the Olympics. Well, that was a guy. Yeah, he was a guy. It must oh, okay. be somebody else you're talking about. Yeah, it must be the most. But she broke like the all time record for men oh, the or women. Okay, for men or women. Well, I just remember. I remember back in the day, it was like all the nor. Norwegians and and, mm. and those were the, the was those were the skiers back in in my day growing up in the Olympics. So um, old enough to remember those people. And, and again, I didn't know the names, but I Janica Kostelik. I I just remember all the. That, the that, is that what the, you're thinking? I don't know. No, no. I was thinking Anya Parson. No, I was thinking about Stenmark, and I I just didn't realize <laughs> that Stenmark. Uh, we them who okay yeah, moving on I really put my foot in my mouth but I I remember those I remember mm. those those times mm. in the Olympics when they were just crushing people right I think I might name my firstborn Ingemar Ingemar yeah it's got a real nice ring yeah, to it doesn't it yeah yeah. <laughs>
It's a bold strategy, Cod. <laughs> the NCAA tournament is upon us. The bracket was released yesterday. Three of the four one seeds are one seeds for the very first time. I think there's going to be a lot of parity in this year's tournament. Let me run a little number here by you. The one seeds combined this year, okay? Uh-huh. So just the record of the number one seeds, all four of them, 106 and, 116 and 20, okay? Okay. The record of the 12 seeds, 115 and 21. So the margin between the very top of the bracket and the very bottom of the bracket, right. in my opinion, is probably smaller than it's ever been. How, how much How much have you paid attention? I don't pay attention to college basketball. Quite a bit, yeah. I, I don't pay attention until, you know, the, right the tournament starts, right? right? And then, yeah. I, and this then week. I go through. Yeah, yeah. I, I do my standard, you know, 12-5 upsets. Mm. And What uh, are your keys to filling out a bracket? Uh, my keys are I just go with the team that uh, whatever team I kind of... I kind of like, like, okay, like yeah. whatever. It, it, it has no real bearing. Like it could be, I just don't like this team, even though of they're course. like a four seed. Right. I don't like, yeah. Well, for whatever reason, right. so- South Carolina. I never yeah. liked them, right? Yeah. I oh, hate like, Missouri. They're a seven seed, right? See you later in the first round, right? Because yeah. the bottom line is, there's going to be upsets. I mean, you know how it goes. You, it's luck, like right. Yeah, absolutely. I've been saying this year that when you go to fill out your bracket, make sure you bring a coin because you're going to be flipping it a ton. A lot of these games could go either way. And I think you could see some really, really cool runs from some schools that you really don't know much about. There's a lot of good offenses in college basketball this year. I can't wait. And, of course, on Thursday and Friday, there's going to be games here in Denver. And we'll uh, break down what those are a little bit later. But, of course, Mark... <clears throat> Everybody's talking about the Oscars. Oh, and, are they now? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's another thing I don't pay attention to, yeah. but go ahead. Well, I'm boycotting it this year. I don't know if you were aware. Uh, it's yeah. been in all the local papers. Oh, yeah. The, the Matt Smith boycott okay. of the Oscars. What happened? Well, they robbed my man, quite frankly. They robbed him blind of a nomination. Tom Cruise as best actor. He's robbed, right? Right. And then, you know, clearly, last night giving best picture to everything, everywhere, all at once. I'm not sure these people have seen a film before or have ever been entertained in their lives. Right. How did Top Gun Maverick not beat everything, everywhere, all at once? I mean, you are such a big fan of the movie Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. What was that? What did that movie mean to you? Yeah, right. Uh, First off, I would never see that movie. Mm. I would never, ever actually go see that Oscar-winning movie Simply because they can't decide on a title. Everything, right. everywhere, all, all at once. Yeah, pick a title. Everything. Everywhere. Everywhere or all at once. But not all. Like, they, you can't even decide on the title. What was the main plot line in that movie? I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. I have no, I have no idea. So it was a full boycott for me yeah. on and the Oscars. You. I didn't even watch it. I didn't even care. If you I, don't, I, I, you I know the only, you, the only Oscar that Top Gun took home was Best Sound? Yeah, I saw that. Top Gun. Um, was it a participation Elvis, trophy? Then, I didn't like the Elvis movie. I thought the the kid that acted in the Elvis movie, Austin was, Butler. Yeah, yeah, was 
phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Was, and now he can't stop talking like Elvis. He's stuck in Elvis. Is he stuck uh-huh. in Elvis? Yeah. You I heard all the red I, carpet I, interviews? Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't see anything. Thanks for uh, having me tonight. I, but I didn't like, you know who I didn't like uh, in that? I didn't like Tom Hanks in that He movie. was awful in that movie. I thought it was, I, I just did not like how they, <laughs> he they was all crafted the character yeah. and everything else. I didn't like that. The fat suit and the horrible accent and the yeah. whole nine. It was not a. It was not one of his best roles. That's for sure. I I agree with that. There's but no it, it still was better than all things everywhere all at once. Never at all times. At all times to be consistently seen. simultaneously yeah. in perpetuity right. forever. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> the free agency tampering period opens up today across the NFL. We've broken down a little bit as far as what we'd like to see the Broncos prioritize as they approach this offseason. We'll formulate the rest of our plan, and we'll do it next. Loosen up those joints and muscles. It's time for your 745 stretch. Here's Schlereth and Evans with the biggest story in Denver sports. Matt Smith in for Mike Evans this morning. He'll be back tomorrow. Mark Schlereth riding shotgun. Mark, a little bit earlier we were formulating our plan of attack if you and I were the Broncos collective, George Payton, Sean Payton, Greg Penner, about how you would approach this season. And I think what's really important context here is what is at stake this year for the Denver Broncos mm-hmm. as far as Russell Wilson's contract goes. And Andrew Mason on DenverSports.com wrote a piece about whether or not the Broncos more or less should go all in this year, right? Because there's an argument that it's like, hey, you've got all this cap space to use. You've got all these holes. Let's spend, baby. Let's pull out the checkbook and let's bring some high-priced free agents in here and bring some talent in here. But as you and I have discussed this morning, that may not be the best way to go about it, right? Mm -hmm. You were referencing that you're looking for players with value who maybe haven't capitalized on an opportunity in another place, but still represent potential value and possibly a higher ceiling than we've ever seen from them in their current location. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them are, some of them, you know, are coming off their rookie deals. So they haven't been really, they haven't gotten that first big contract yet. Mm -hmm. Can you find those guys and, and can you sign those guys to long-term Kind of midterm deal or mid like like not not the top of the market but you know kind of the middle of the market sure. type of, of yeah. players because they haven't maybe they haven't made a name for themselves maybe they haven't been to Pro Bowls maybe they haven't you know maybe they're young players maybe they're you know been backups but have had plenty of opportunity to play here and there and when they have they've played well like those those type of guys that I'm looking for and I think one of the things that you have to think about is the long-term viability of this franchise right now. Like, one, from a roster construction standpoint, in your own division, you're you're probably, you know, fighting with the Raiders for last place from a just a yeah. pure how your your roster's constructed, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got to you would have you would have loved that this year. <laughs> right. So you you got to look at you've got to look at kind of where you are realistically and then are we going to fix it? Are we going to fix the way our roster is constructed by signing one big-time free agent? And the answer to that is, especially with a limited draft, no. So if you spend all your free agent money on one or two players, guess what? You're still going to be 
a far way off of, of, you know, closing the gap between you and the Kansas City Chiefs, for instance. So my thought process is how many of those ascending players that haven't been paid yet, how many of those guys can we get instead of spending one, spending $20 million a year on a right tackle, can we get a right tackle, right guard, and a backup center maybe for 20 total million? Like that's that's kind of that as long as they're young and they're ascending and they've got the potential of becoming very good. Like I think we need to grow from from that aspect as opposed to paying a Mike McGlinchey, the right tackle from San Francisco, nearly 20 million alone and eating that money there, bringing in potentially two or three options like you're talking Mm -hmm. about to round it out. I like I like that approach. And I think that's more representative because. As you brought up very astutely earlier, if you go out and pay one of those guys and it does not work out with Russell Wilson this year, now you're tied to one of those guys at $20 million a year and you you are all of a sudden in the process of trying to find your next franchise quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have to offload all that money and everything that comes with it. And so I think you're right on the money there, really. I do. I do. So we identified as our top priorities to address offensive line, uh-huh. primarily, right? right? There's some other holes, but primarily the biggest, you know, uh, vulnerabilities right now are in the trenches up front. Right. Okay. Let's look at all of their positions of need and let's go by position. Group. Okay. I don't want to get bogged down here, but let's just come up with a rough list. Okay. All right. Quarterback. Do they need to upgrade that position group? They need, I think they need a legit veteran player to back up Russ. Okay. All right, what about running back? Javante Williams, we're not sure when he's going to return. There are conflicting reports, but he tore his ACL and I think some other ligaments in that knee. I'm not sure if he actually tore them, but I heard it was more than just the ACL four weeks into the season. So if we're trying to do some math here, it doesn't really make a lot of sense that he'd be ready to go out of the gate. Maybe he is. But in the meantime, how do the Broncos address that, considering they just cut Chase Edmonds, Latavius Murray's a free agent, and as it stands right now, they really don't have anybody in that running back room headed into this season? Correct. I I think that you can go after, I think there are guys to be had that play running back in in this league um, I think one of the things you can't do is you can't go out there and sign a dude at six million bucks a year or eight million bucks a year. I think that's ridiculous. Uh, Edmonds, the reason you cut him, he made six million dollars. He was on the cap for six million dollars. Uh, Kareem Hunt, six million dollars. Rashad Penny is right at six million dollars. Um, I just I, I look at that and say that's like those are things that you don't want to get into. I don't think I think there are guys out there. That you can get it relatively inexpensive, you know, million, two million dollars a year. They can come in there and be, you know, satisfactory as Jamal Williams, um, you know, continues to to heal. And then Javante, Javante, excuse me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Javante Williams continue. I just read Jamal Williams mm-hmm, right here mm-hmm. from Detroit. But as Javante Williams continues to heal, like those are the guys I would look at those second tier type of sure. running backs there too. Because I think the other thing that you're going to do is you're going to go out there and draft yourself um, a running back late. Mm. Somebody that can not only tote the rock, but I think more importantly can become that third down, catch the ball in the backfield type of guy. So those are the those are the kind of the areas that I would look at um, if I'm, you know, if, if I'm the Broncos. Uh, I don't know what Miles Sanders is going to cost you. Right. Miles Sanders is a free agent. Boston Scott, mm. both from Philadelphia. 
Uh, I just I just think there's enough guys out there that you don't have to overspend on a running back. So let me put it this way: give me a dollar value max that you want to spend on that position. Uh, like two million bucks a year. Okay. All right, and and I'm in agreement with you there, and it kind of calls back something you brought up, I think, to start the show today, is that in Sean Payton's offense, he has plays called breathers, right? Yeah. Where he makes things simple on the quarterback, plays just designed to get the ball out of his hands and mm-hmm. move the ball down the field and not put him in such a high-leverage situation. Right. We heard during Super Bowl Media Week, Sean Payton talk about taking Russell off the high dive, right? Only having him there several times per game as right. opposed to all the time. And I think... It's really, really important to note that that third down catch the ball out of the backfield guy, can you really think of the last player who was proficient at that and had that skill set for Denver? I think they've been missing a scat back for a while. I do. And the name that I have in mind is Dontrell Hilliard out of Tennessee, Mm -hmm. not Derrick Henry. Dontrell Hilliard is a guy who I believe week one of last season had two receiving touchdowns. I think he had four receiving touchdowns as a running back all of last year. And I like his ability. He's a cheaper option. And I think, to your point, you save yourself some money by not overspending on a high-priced free agent. And by doing that, you can still then, in the draft, go later and take a running back in the latter rounds. No, Hilliard started. Did he start it? When Henry got hurt. Okay, so he did. Who was the... the, I can't remember the, the guy... That started in in Indianapolis and got moved during the course. Naeem, of Naeem Hines. Yeah, Naeem Hines. Mm-hmm. There's a there's another guy that that has kind of almost wide receiver skills right. on the right. outside running route running that can also play running back. Like there there are those guys that I think are just valuable dudes in that from a matchup perspective. They give you versatility, mm-hmm. not only running the ball, but doing it like we talked about screens, but also can line up outside and, and do some things as wide receivers. So those guys, to me, are those guys are very valuable. And and I think you're right that somebody that they really haven't had or developed or an offense that really didn't use that. Right. right. Um, and, and that's a skill set that I think becomes so valuable because you think about a guy like Hines, mm-hmm. like you all of a sudden come out with two backs, or you come out with just him, and now you as a defense have to decide, hey, it's second down and seven. Like what are the what are the potential like what are the potential things they can do to us right. with this personnel group uh, And that's where Sean Payton is top notch and I've talked to a lot of coaches around the league about this. He is top notch in creating matchups with his personnel, with his ability to match you in personnel or to make you think in personnel Situation, So I, I'm with you. I think they need that type of player. Yeah, I do too. And the other name on the market as far as in that ilk is Jarek McKinnon, obviously from Kansas City. Right. But I think he probably made himself enough money where he maybe priced himself out of your range of as far as mm-hmm. what you want to do. I had imagined that he's going to have his fair share of suitors if Kansas City doesn't try and retain him first. Before we get to the rest of the offense, I want to first let you know that Superbook Sports presents the Denver Sports 5K Bracket Challenge. The winner of each round receives tickets to every concert at Cheyenne Frontier Days. The grand prize winner takes home $5,000. Powered by Xfinity 10G, Phil Longford, and Twin Peaks. Register now. Get your friends or your office pool signed up, too. Sign up at denversports.com backslash bracket.
When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits. 